Hi, and welcome to episode six of Up the Poly, the podcast for North Shields Athletics Club. Um, we're getting into a bit of a pattern now with the podcasts. Uh, there'll be two episodes a week. I know they've been a bit haphazard in terms of when they've been coming out up until now. But we'll have one that's around the co- input from the coaches that will come out midweek, and we'll have an interview or more extended conversation with someone or perhaps more than one person coming out on a Friday. Um, this is great, and we've got a few lined up in the can already, but I would really like to start getting ideas from people as to what they'd like to see, or sorry, what they'd like to hear. And um, we'd like, you know, be really likely to get involved in that. Um, so if there's any things that you'd want the coaches to pick up, or if there's any people that you'd really love to hear from, or any subjects that you think we need to cover, we'd really appreciate some feedback around that. So get involved. Best way to do that is perhaps through the Facebook page um, when we put um, pod-related posts up. Um, and also uh, tell your friends as well. Just just tell your poly friends about this and just try and get more people listening. We've got quite a few already, but the more people that are listening, the more ideas we get, the more relevant it is. So thanks for all your input thus far. It's been really helpful. And on with the episode. Okay, um, this week our guest on Up the Poly is Steph McLean-Dan, who is a multi-sport athlete. I've got the terminology all nailed now. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing a lot about what Steph's been up to over, over years of competing. Um, all, I've, all I've ever seen of Steph is disappearing off into the distance. And you won't remember this, Steph, but um, once I came to, well, I came to a few of the turbo sessions uh, and you were taking the session, and I must say, I, I knew I was in the, in, in the company of somebody who knew what they were doing, because the only time I get on a bike is when I'm injured. <laughs> and I was pedaling away and you um, said to me, you just might want to lift your toes up a little bit. And I thought, whoa, that's expert level knowledge right there. And I was, I was pedaling like a maniac and getting absolutely knackered thinking, I, I, I'm working far harder than I feel like I should be here. Why, what, what's going on? And you obviously sized me up and thought, ah, he's, he's, he's a total novice. And I did, I lifted my toes up and I'm pedaling a bit differently. And I thought that has made a material difference to how I'm getting through these efforts. So you're probably thinking, I don't remember this, but I do. So thanks for that. But it's all in the technique. So yeah, absolutely all in the technique. <laughs> so anyway, how are you? Thanks for doing this. How are you doing? Yes. Uh, yeah, um, all good, thank you. And um, yes, as I say, I'm very much forward to the kids all going back to school um, from a personal level, my own two children, but also teaching. Looking forward to getting all the kids back at school next Monday. So, yeah. What, what age do you teach? So I'm at Whitley Bay High School. Um, oh. So we have year 9, 10, 11. 12 and 13 and then I also run my own tuition business from Whitley Bay High School so they're uh, tutor maths and English for um, children aged 6 to 16 so quite a wide range yeah busy then well well I'm, I'm yes, really always busy well I mean that sounds like already I'm thinking how does she squeeze it all in so let's find out um and let's well we talked a bit before we started recording about what what I didn't know how to introduce you because it might like I said to you before in my head you're a triathlete, but that that phrase "multi-sport athlete" seems a bit more, I suppose, helpful. I guess it's not typecasting you, 
Um, so what is, what is the sort of range of things that you do in, in your competitive life? So I think throughout the years, I've always run um, in some shape or form, never exclusively just run. Um, and so as a child, I started running when I was about 12. Um, and there was a coach at our local uh, sports day, school sports day. And he approached me afterwards and said, oh, would you like to join the local running club? I think you'd be really good. So that's how it all started for me. Um, and my local club was Jaron Heaven, so just across the other side of the water. So um, I joined the club there and loved it. I did sort of middle distance running, but I also swam alongside that um, for a local swimming club. But I never did anything excessively which I think is why I'm still kind of involved in sport all these years it, you know I didn't do so much that it kind of put me off and I, I got sick of everything um, I also used to play a bit of hockey so kind of did a little bit of everything um, and then it wasn't until I went to university that I added in the bike and took up triathlon um, and I did my first triathlon in 1994 so I think that's oh. 27 years ago so it's a long time and I think Back in the day, in that sort of era, 1994, there was just really triathlons, um, which obviously swim, bike and run. Um, and I think as the years have evolved, they've added in what we now call multi-sports, so aquathlons, which is just swim, running. There's duathlons, which is bike, run, oh, sorry, the other around, run, bike, run. Um, you now have... Um, varieties on those like cross triathlons which is more off-road stuff oh, wow. so it now it encompasses a whole multi-sport of, of events really so I've kind of along um the years dabbled in almost all of it really so um and I think that kind of helps to keep you fresh because you, yeah. you have give yourself new challenge it's not the same thing year after year it's definitely uh changing things up a bit um just to kind of help with that motivation and have new experiences as well so yeah, yeah. Well, I'm intrigued by triathletes for lots of different reasons and you know um certainly one one thing that always um and again I'm drawing on experiences of, of my wife Alison because she before we had the kids, she did quite a bit of triathlon. She did a middle distance one in Ballo, which I, I thought was astonishing as a, somebody who can barely swim. But just generally, they're amazing <laughs> events. And one of the things that we, she always was very open about was that she hated the bike. And there's quite a lot of bike. <laughs> and that one was a really hilly one. Yeah. We went and did it together. And, I thought, and But she kind of worked really hard on the swimming and running was her forte, and, and, and I just thought it was a wonderful event to watch. But I and, I, and when I was spectator, I would drive to different bits of the bike and watch her whiz by them. And you, you start chatting to other people that are doing the same. And that was my entry into just that world. And, and I remember sort of speaking to a lady who was watching her husband, who was also a triathlete, and she was saying, you know, everyone's got a weaker leg, you know, and, and, and mine's, she said she hated running, but she kind of put up with it. And, my husband was a really sort of weak swimmer, but so he'd be near the back, but he'd be catching them on the bike. And I thought tactically that must be very interesting. And I just wondered from a triathlon point of view, do you think these other things like aquathons and duathlons have emerged because people wanted to get rid of the bit they didn't like? <laughs> so like aquathon, I don't like the bike. We're gonna Absolutely. do it. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I'm sure that's uh, yeah the case somewhere along the lines. But I say it's great to be able to embrace all these different yeah. events. So there is something for everyone now. So yeah. it's really good, really nice to see. And what what is it? What's your? Do you have a, a less favoured discipline of the three, or 
are you are you happy that you know you do any of them? Yeah, I think yeah, I've been pretty lucky actually. And when I was um doing triathlon when I was younger, um I'd probably say uh possibly running was maybe my strongest, but really I was kind of quite equal in all three really um and uh, i enjoyed all three as well and i think it, but it also helps that the the run is at the end because i know some friends uh, who used to absolutely hate the run so they would be yeah. absolutely dreading Brilliant. getting onto that run and it would be really hard and struggle whereas i enjoyed all three disciplines but i also enjoyed obviously the run and um so it wasn't something that i ever dreaded it it was like you looked yeah. forward to the oh. whole thing and especially the run at the end as well so so yes I, i've been pretty lucky that um yeah sort of equal at all three Amazing. yeah which i mean that's clearly gonna play a huge a huge strength i mean it's interesting you talked about the different multi-sport element of it but of course my impression is before they evolved, the triath the evolution of triathlon was the long making them longer. So the Ironman sort of thing. And have you dabbled in? I think you have. I've heard you have. So, but I, forgive me, I don't know the details. Is that something that you've you've explored and excelled at? I bet you have. <laughs> yeah, I think um, if you do triathlons, I mean, um, I'm not speaking obviously for everyone here, but I think probably the ultimate goal somewhere along the line is to complete an Ironman. And some people will go in and their first ever triathlon is an Ironman and really? other people may build up to it. Um, yeah, me. I know mad, so, isn't it? Um, what are the distances then in an Ironman? I, I vaguely know that there's a marathon so, in the end, but I don't know much else. Yeah. So the Ironman is a 3.8 kilometre swim and depending on where the venue that is, it could be in the sea, it could be in a lake, it could be in a river. Um, so it's always outdoors. And then you've got 180k on the back Bike, which is 112 miles and then you finish off with the marathon so 42.2k and then 20 or 26.2 miles so yeah so how long a long way is there a cutoff time-wise for that or is it just as long as it yes goes? so uh, all my races have a cutoff and you've got to finish within 17 hours um so I mean, that's pretty harsh. I mean, imagine, I mean, I've seen some races where there's people literally on the, the line of getting that 17 hours. And then imagine like, you know, how hard it is if you get and you're just over 17 hours and you don't get the, you know, the, the, the time. It's just like, a yeah. So it's pretty harsh, really. Yes. <laughs> but, how, so how would that break down proportionately in terms of, I mean, I know it will vary from person to person, but. I mean, for you, what was it like in terms of how long you were in the water on the bike and running? Yeah. So again, it it will vary depending on your own strength, but sort of the proportions for me, it was around about an hour in the water, um, sometimes a little bit less. Uh, well, I only actually did two of them, but sometimes a little bit less, sometimes a little bit more than the two that I did. And then the bike, you well, it's kind of just under six hours um, and then the, the runs marathon. So I think I did my two marathons in three and a half um, hours. So it kind of just gives where, you an where idea. Did you do, where did you do yours then? So the first one I did, uh, so this was in 2005. So again, a little while ago, um, I did my first one in Dorset, um, which was at the time it was the first UK Ironman. Um, and Ironman is a brand. Um, so you it was the first race. Very commercial. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was in 2005. So I did that in Dorset. It was in the August and um, I had just moved to Dorset actually. Um, 
in the summer so that was in the June and um the race was in the August but I'd moved from London I'd been living in London uh, for six or seven years so I'd been training with a group of triathletes in London um, as part of a racing team and there was about eight of us who were doing our first Ironman together so it was absolutely brilliant we all trained together and it was just such good fun all gonna have that kind of experience at the same time so um so I did that um, and again it was it was yeah, it was a really hot day actually in Dorset. I got really badly sunburned um, just from being like on the bike in the position for so long. Um, yeah, so that was a bit unexpected. But I think when I did it, um, I was very aware. People talk about, especially when you're doing the longer races, you might hit the wall and, you know, the last couple of miles on the run is going to be a real struggle. And so I kind of, I didn't want to have that experience. I thought, well, I'm kind of going to err on the side of caution here. I'd rather, you know, do it and enjoy it and not be like crawling to the line effectively so um so I did it um kind of urged, I suppose a little bit on the side of caution like obviously raced it but um didn't really push myself so that I would hit the wall um but absolutely loved it I mean it was so different it's such a different experience to do in a shorter triathlon because I've done lots of short I've done half and I've done uh, Olympic distance and sprint and you know I've had much harder races doing those yeah. and it's um and uh, as exactly. you know probably when you get into the longer stuff it's mm -hmm. all about your mindset it, nutrition is key and then it's just almost that it's keeping going it's just kind of getting into that motion and that continued motion and just keeping going so it's a total different experience but um finished it absolutely loved it and then found out and on the presentation I'd come second in my age group and found out that I'd qualified to go to the World Ironman Championships in Hawaii as part oh, wow. of the British team, which was going to be eight weeks later. Even so um, I hadn't really planned on doing that. Yeah, so I planned on just doing one Ironman, almost to tick that box, have that experience, and then kind of move on. But uh, I remember when we were at the presentation, you had to literally say there and then whether you were going to accept your place to go to Hawaii. And I just hadn't expected it. And um, everyone was shouting in the crowd, go on, you can do it, you can do it. And Richard, who's now my husband, was my boyfriend at the time and he was saying yes go on let's go let's go to Hawaii um so I accepted my place and then poor Richard he was studying um and he was in a hospital placement studying from the September uh, so he didn't actually come with me so I went out on my own so you know he's very excited the prospect of going out to Hawaii but didn't actually yeah. make it um and then yes yeah, so eight weeks later went out to Hawaii and and competed in the world Ironman championships and I mean that Oh, I mean, that was something else. That was, a, a, was such a humbling experience, actually. Um, I mean, I went from, you know, doing my first Ironman and then eight weeks later, I had to do another one. But it wasn't the fact that it was another Ironman within eight weeks. I mean, that in itself, you know, provides challenges for your body. But it was like dealing with the elements of the island you know yeah. you've got I would be starting the marathon when it was 39 40 degrees um sort of about one o'clock in the afternoon the island's notorious for really strong winds you've got the the black lava fields which you'll see on the bike particularly on the run when the obviously the temperature's hot um it's a really like sort of lonely place um, and people talk about you know hitting the wall and it, you know you've got all those elements to deal with as well um but yeah I mean it was just incredible because I went there I was 30 um and you know obviously relatively young fit and healthy but um everyone has such like 
amazing stories about their own journeys to get to that event. And there was a girl, she was a, uh, she was an amputee, actually. She was a, above the knee, one leg amputee. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was called Sarah Reinenstein. She was from America. And she had been to the, the island the year before and tried to make, because it was a 17-hour cut-off, the same, no matter where the event is around the world and the different challenges of the event, you still got that same cut-off 17 hours. Now, she had... Um, been in 2004 but didn't make the cut off on the bike I think she missed the bike cut off by 15 minutes and then she came back in 2005 to try and make that bike cut off so you have people like her you know trying it and then there was a a lady um called Sister Madonna who was a nun from America and she was 75 and she was going to be the oldest female to attempt it so you know there's me thinking god how am I going to get through the marathon in the heat how am I going to cope with the winds on the bike how am I going to cope with doing a a nine man eight weeks after and then you've got amazing people like that yeah so it kind of puts life in perspective and it is just yeah very very humbling um so yeah it was just an amazing experience to be around is it is it i presume there's a lot of people doing it then it's a big event yeah so they have basically they have qualifying races around the world um and then so you earn your qualifying place um and they have obviously different age categories so they're five-year age categories so it allows um you know so amateur athletes to race at world championships and european championships so you can still kind of get that competitive buzz at at big races without being an elite athlete so um so yeah it was a Lots of people. So I think I think in the wave that I started, uh, they set everyone off together. So it oh, was wow. in the sea, oh, obviously nice. off, off island. So the just yeah, and it, hundreds of people, and you know, does that get quite tasty? Oh my god, seventeen hundred. There was seventeen hundred people. The best age groupers around the world all started off together, and honestly. I think it actually put me off open water swimming with that amount of people because it was like being well worse than being in a washing machine and it was like for the first we we almost went out swam out for a mile went across for a little bit and then came back a mile so it was a, a very long straight and I remember once the gun went off every time I came up for breath I was getting punched in the face people were swimming over you it was pretty scary actually um it was really scary and uh I say that definitely put me off um doing sort of open water swimming with big like lots of competitors because I mean at some points I was just thinking god am I going to drown here it was yeah it was really scary and in fact actually after I did that I man in 2005 I didn't do another triathlon until 2017 so yeah yeah and that wasn't sort of intentional yeah it wasn't really intentional but um I remember having done the race um you know, it was an amazing experience. It was in October, and um, and I remember being out there and people saying, "Oh, you know, you you did, you had a really good race. You'd be really good at that distance. Why don't you kind of give it a go and you know really train?" I thought, "Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that." And then came back to England. I travelled around a little bit afterwards around the island, did a bit of exploring and stuff, and then um, came back to England to Dorset where I had just moved. There wasn't really any triathlon clubs. There's no uh, running track. There's no roads. It's all like you know grassy stuff and really didn't have anyone to train with and I think I had a massive low point actually and it was funny because um 
when I was out in Hawaii, people were saying it was, oh, you know, you'll probably, um, you know, get a low after this amazing experience. And I was thinking, well, I'm not that kind of person. Um, you know, I don't normally experience things like that. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But um, I think it's because it, it, like for almost all of 2005, um, I decided, I think in the January that I was going to train for the Ironman in August. And then from August till October, obviously I was focused on the, the world champs. And so it was all consuming. And I think then come back to a place that I didn't really know didn't know that many people um and just had it like a massive dip like yeah it was a real low point and um as I said then I, I didn't do any triathlon for a long time after I mean I think um yes it was quite a sort of changing experience but it's almost like I had achieved everything I wanted to in triathlon I'd finished off doing an Ironman and that's all all I kind of set out to do so I think it was also time to kind of try new things and um you know change my focus really and um and you know obviously the future held getting married and having kids and that kind of thing yeah. so um yeah, <laughs> yeah. that definitely um I mean certain things might exacerbate that like you say if you're in a place you don't know and there isn't a community around it um, but that low, I, I, that's one thing I do identify with, um, not through doing something like that, but when you've, got a, when you've got a goal, which whatever it is, requires quite an intense build-up. Um, I mean, I, I, in 2007, I, I did the Bob Graham round, which for me was like, a, was a real stretch. I, there was, it was by no means a matter of, well, I complete it. So I, I managed to do it in that summer. And it's it taken a year to prepare and recceing and, and training and getting food right and getting support. And I finished, and of course I was euphoric. About a week later, honestly, I was bereft. Uh, it was like a mourning. I, I was mourning the loss of this thing that I'd had. Um, and it, so, yeah, Alison's like, you need another goal. I got made redundant not long after that. And did, and I did it in the winter, so I got through that. And Alison's like, right. Okay, maybe we should have some kids. Because <laughs> it was like, you need something. And to be honest, this high, this high and low, um, these events, you know, you, I, I kind of, I'm better at it now in terms of I know it's coming and I, and I know what it is and I don't realize it. But that, that low point after a big event, it, it's interesting that, that that happens in Ironman as well as it does in Ultra and Empowerment. I suppose that's just the, it tends to go, I, I'd be intrigued to know whether people who have months of focus for something that doesn't last very long, like sprinters or middle distance runners, be interested to know if they have the same sensation because Ironman and things like long, long distance power running, they, they take hours. Yeah. So there is there's a lot to come down from. Um, but that that's interesting to you. Yeah. I've never heard triathletes talk about that before. You were talking, I thought, I know that feeling. That, that rings a bell. So yeah. that's interesting stuff. So you, you didn't do a triathlon for all those years, but then you did again. So what made you restart? I think um, being at the club at the Poly, so I joined very briefly in 2010 between having my two daughters and then um, then it was 2013 where I sort of properly joined the Poly. Um, mm. And 
and I thought again I thought I think my youngest daughter was she's about one and a quarter and I thought right I need a goal I always have to give myself goals to sort of help with the motivation and I never give myself like small goals they have to be yeah. quite sort of major to get me motivated yeah. so I thought right 2013 what am I going to do and then I found out that the world well as world sort of triathlon championships was going to be in London in September and I thought Richard's family, Richard's from London, my husband and his family still live in London. So I thought, brilliant, we don't have to travel far, take the kids with us. It's not going to be a stressful journey taking the kids. What can I do? And I thought, well, I haven't done triathlon since 2005. Um, am I going to be to pick up triathlon in six months? I thought, no, I can't do that. What else can I do? And they had Quathlon World Championships with just the swim run. And I thought, okay, I can probably manage two disciplines. I hadn't, again, really swam much um, since 2005. It'd been very sort of sporadic, but I'd always sort of ran. Um, so it might not have run competitively between that point, but I'd always, running is my escapism. So that's the, the place that I go to. And I love running and I love the feel of the wind in my hair and that kind of feeling. So running is the thing that I kind of will do consistently throughout like all the years. Um, and it's um, the easiest thing to do when you've got kids, you can pop on your trainers, you can go out in 30 minutes and be back. So it works really well. Really get that. Yeah. So, um, so uh, 2013, I thought, right, September, I'm going to do the Quathlon and uh, I don't want to just go and compete. I want to get a medal at the world championships and I thought I know I can do it it's going to take hard work and dedication but I know I can do it so that um kind of really motivated us to get back and start running with a club running with people and I started swimming again um and then so uh went in September and had a really good race and I got silver medal actually and wow. I still think if I'd had another Two months, I think that gold medal would have been mine. But um, you know, I was still—I mean, I was still breastfeeding at the time. Actually, my youngest daughter. But um, it all came together, and I had a really good race. And it was just nice having friends and family around in London. Um, and yeah, so it was a really good experience. And then I kind of just ran really between 2014, 2015, 2016, and I'd started coaching as well. So I did my level two triathlon coaching award. I think I did that maybe about 2015. Um, and throughout my years as an athlete, I had a lot of coaches who put time and effort into me um, from when I first started as a sort of 18, 19 year old at university. So I really wanted to give something back to the sport. So um, so I did my level two course and that's when I started doing um, the uh, turbo sessions on a Monday night for the adults in the club. And I think um, as I was coaching those, um, you know, people kept saying to me, oh, are you going to do a, another triathlon? Are you going to do another event? And yeah, I kind of, um, it's almost like I had done everything I wanted to do. So I kind of thought, well, yeah, I'm not sure I've got the time. A, I haven't got the time to do it. Um, but then the only thing that's really eluded me in triathlon is that I've never won a gold medal at the World or European Championships. I've won lots of silvers and lots of bronze at World and European. And when I say World and European, this is the age group level. So it is amateur level. Um, and it's in your kind of five-year age category. So I thought, right, my new goal, my new focus is to get a gold medal. That's what I want. And then once I've kind of ticked off that box, I can like kind of move on to a different challenge. So that became the new goal. And um, in 2017, um, I raced in Holland at the World Championships. And again, it was relatively local. We could jump on the ferry from North Tyneside yeah. and go across. Because again, with the kids, I didn't want my sport to sort of take over and dominate. And um, and I thought, yeah, I can probably just about manage that. I can do a sprint, which takes around about an hour of time. And um, 
so it's a manageable sort of time frame to, what to race for. Um, what the in a sprint? So it's called a sprint, but um, to, to people who run it, probably doesn't sound like sprint. So you have a 750 meter open water swim, you've got a 20 kilometer bike ride, and then you finish off with a 5K run. Right. So uh, that's your sprint. Yeah. Well, yes, I guess it's all relative in triathlon terms. So hence the name sprint. Yeah. Um, so as I say, it takes around about an hour in time, depending on the course. Um, and yeah, just about manageable. So kind of went over with uh, some athletes from um, the Northeast. And I say we just rode to the ferry, jumped on the ferry and then rode off the other end. And again, I mean, for me, with the sport of triathlon, it is combined my other passion, which is traveling. So I've kind of raced all around the world and I love experiencing new places, new cultures. Um, and so that combination of both of them is just, it's it's amazing. Um, so that kind of, you know, it's not really for me about doing like local events, although local events are great. It is about having that kind of cross-cultural experience and traveling in new places and new experiences. So um, I'd actually never raced in Holland before. So uh, yeah, went across and just had an amazing time. Honestly, it was like being back at uni. There was five of us and we were like little kids again and cycling <laughs> around and going from here to there on our bikes and then having the race. So it kind of... Um, it kind of yeah my, my love of the sport kind of came back and I just thought yeah I really enjoyed that experience and um so I kind of changed it up every year in 2018 I did duathlon which is just run bike run um and then you know went again uh, to Ibiza to European Championships again just new places to, to travel and see and then 2019 I raced in Switzerland at the world champs um and then 2020 should have been um Holland again but again it was duathlon um and I just moved up an age group and I thought this is the one this is the gold medal and then obviously Covid came along and cancelled everything so yes. yeah so how and I mean so you've got your gold I'm, I'm assuming amongst all of that um in Holland Oh, no, no, so no gold yet. So still oh, silver and bronzes. Sorry, Michael. Yeah, still chasing. Still, still, still there. chasing that gold. Well, good luck. Um, and it's, yes, know, thank it's, you. It's amazing just to hear all of that. <coughs> Excuse me, the, the worldwide nature of it. I remember, um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll disclose, I have tried a triathlon, but I'll only do it if it's in the pool. Good for you. <laughs> I need to have a little rest after a few lengths, you know, to hang on to the side a bit. And um, what uh, Alison still laughs at me for this. We did, when we lived down in Cheshire, there was a, I forget where he was, it was on that Macclesfield or something. We both entered, but we'd said to the organisers, we had Rosie was a baby at the time. Um, oh, I'm getting some sound quality issues here. I'll keep going. Um, and they, they said, they set us off in waves. So I went first. So Alison looked after Rosie and then I'd finished. The run so she came in Rosie and then she started to swim all really spread out and one of the things that I got laughed at by Alison who was watching and everybody was transitions um it's, it's like it's, the fourth discipline the transition well, the fourth discipline because I, I got I got out of the pool and ran out the doors of this leisure center to the bike which is all wrapped up and everything and I could see people just you know really slick and I, and I I got a towel and I'm telling myself, no, no, it's just like, you're dry on the bike, get a move on. And I'm like, why are you still there? And honestly, I couldn't get over how stressed I was just trying to put some 
gear on, which was all laid out, and put some shoes on and go. I must obviously been absolutely, it felt like I was there for three years. So um, it, it, when you said the fourth discipline, that was a brilliant description because I just saw these slick people. And is that something that, I mean, you must practice it, but is that something oh, yeah. you might practice at home? Like you sort of practice getting your wetsuit off or whatever, you actually have techniques to do it. Yeah, definitely. As I say, it is a fourth discipline because you can win or, or lose races, um, you know, with your transition. Uh, and as I say, I've seen lots of people, particularly sort of first times coming out drying the hair and obviously trying to put um, extra clothes on when it, your body's wet, things get stuck and they've got T-shirts half around the neck and can't pull them down. <laughs> but I think... I think, um, and that's the beauty of triathlon is that, um, you know, you can make so many improvements. And I think that's why people love it and get addicted to it because they can see their improvements. Obviously the training helps. And if you can get in the training on all three disciplines, that's going to help massively. But by improving things like your transition can, you know, make a massive difference actually. So yeah, yeah so get well, practicing. Well, the other thing I liked about it is even though I was an absolute duffer, it was, I never felt like a duffer. Yeah. The, the, the spirit around it. It did remind me a bit of that running race. It was, yeah. it was just, it was the right amount of committed and laid back in all the right places. If that makes any sense. People were, were, were not hanging around. They were, they were there because they trained and were working hard. But when you were, it, but there was a, there was a kind of camaraderie about it. People were nice, and I, I didn't feel remotely sort of. I mean, in the pool, I was a bit careful because I was getting in the way. But I did feel like it was a, a nice thing to do. I did a few of them, um, just full swims, because I, you know, I know my limits. Um, but I, I found it to be a really sort of welcoming sport. Because it, one of the things about triathlon that I, I've noticed is, and again, this is why I, I liken it a bit to ultra running, gear, the obsession with gear, um, particularly the cycling bit, it seems, oh. is, a, is, is a kind of bit of a joy, really. If you like that kind of thing, um, I mean, is is that to you? Is that something that that is a particular sort of enjoyable element of it, or is it something you tolerate because the athleticism is the key? Yeah, I'm pretty old school, really, in that I'm not bothered by tech or equipment. Um, so I never have the latest tech or the latest equipment. And actually, I mean, the bike that I was racing on in 2017 and 2018 um, is a bike that I've had since 2003, I think. So, you know, it's a, I think an aluminium frame, um, whereas everyone's racing on carbon frames. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, never been bothered about uh, sort of equipment, but obviously in in the triathlon world, money buys you sort of time because if you um, have the latest equipment, obviously aerodynamics on the bike, um, and it does make a difference. And it's really interesting now that um, Nike have brought out um, those super duper carbon fiber trainers and some runners don't agree with them and think, oh, well, you're kind of cheating. But in the world of triathlon, we've always had that. You know, if you have a good wetsuit, it, it's more aerodynamic, it's gonna save you seconds. If you have a really good aerodynamic bike, it's gonna save you possibly minutes. So we've always yeah. had that within triathlon. So. You know, it kind of coming through and running you know it to me it's just yeah it's another bit of equipment and and so what if it, it, it helps you because mm. that's been the nature of of triathlon for as long as it has existed really you've never had um you know 
obviously there are rules and regulations like they are with swimming and you have to have approved mm. swimsuits and things like that but you know if, if you've got it then use it so yeah, so yeah exactly. but I know I've never been bothered by it those kind of thing I mean there's lots of people that you know I say to people it's not about the bike it's about the legs and you know obviously mm. to get some of those aerodynamic um factors when you're biking you have to be riding at a certain speed and I guess for a lot of people who have lots of really good equipment of flash bikes they're not actually getting the benefits because they're not able to get to uh -huh, that speed to enjoy the benefits of the aerodynamics yeah. so um so yeah but that's just great bike, I don't need to learn how to ride it completely because I've got a, I've got a nice people do it for me you know yeah that's I mean it's that classic all the gear no idea sort of trope that was the round <laughs> but there is some substance to it uh, I mean that, that's really interesting that it can that it can definitely make those differences. Um, and I, I, I was staggered. I bought a bike a few years ago just for you know, just for general use. Um, and yeah, fine. I I, I I bought a sort of entry level thing that did it for me. Of course, I, I had a little poke around the shop at what was what was available and couldn't quite believe some of the sums that I was seeing. And I was chatting to an old friend of mine who was just trying to climb on, on, on the fells as well. And he, he sort of said, there's a, um, a school of thought that you bike, to be a sort of full-on triathlete, your bike has to be worth more than your car. Which I thought was quite funny. Yeah. But he said, yeah. it's an agile app. And he said, look, it's quite possible to spend £10,000 on a bike. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and not be a professional, you know. And I thought, well, that's, that's another, I mean, I'd, I just find that quite staggering. Really. I mean, presumably that's that is it's the aerodynamic. I guess it's the weight as well. It's the, the key thing. Obviously, you've got less than the bear. But I, I can't imagine yeah. ten grand making that. You know, the, is it diminishing returns? I guess you see this with the um, with the, the professional teams, and they talk about shaving like tenths of percent off, and it just adds up. But does that does that relate to triathlon? I've seen it in cycling. Yeah, definitely. So definitely. But again, as I was saying, like particularly on the bike element, you've got to be reaching a certain speed before you can actually get the aerodynamics um, on the bike. And it's funny, um, you know, you talk about, you know, kind of pedals, um, mm. you know, having carbon fibre in them and basically making them lighter. Um, and, you know, you think, well, what's the difference? Oh, 100 grams. You think, well, surely I could just lose 100 grams of like weight and, and then, you know, it, it makes no difference. And so I think there is that train of thought where if you're kind of racing at amateur level, level and you're getting all these sort of benefits of the bike, you might not get the benefits as such because you're not reaching the speed that yeah. you need to, to be able to enjoy those. But then I guess for some people it's, you know, they like to have nice equipment, it looks good, yeah. um, but they, you say, might not be getting the actual aerodynamic benefits yeah, no. from them. Fascinating. And so from the, when you joined the poly, I'm interested to know about how the tri sort of section developed. Was it already there when you joined or did you join and help to um, create it or to grow it? How did all of that work? Yeah, I think when I joined in sort of 2013, there was definitely a couple of other multi-sport athletes around. Uh, and do you know what? I can't even remember when the Tri Club started. I can't remember whether it started close to that point. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, there's been a couple of members um, who have really helped evolve the Tri Club uh, for the seniors. People like Neil Dick have been instrumental mm. um, in kind of progressing that. Um, and then we have got a really good junior 
uh, section now. So for the kids, which has been sort of headed by Steve Turner and got a really good supportive team around him to kind of help, you know, develop the kids and have that pathway, um, which is very, very different actually to when I started. So, yeah, you know, when I started in 94, yeah. It wasn't uh, an Olympic sport. It didn't become an Olympic sport in 2000. So they didn't have any of the lottery funding or the pathways that they have these days. Um, so it was just very different. So the athletes now have got, you know, a pathway from the age of eight. They, they kind of have this pathway all the way through, um, which has been, uh, you know, people like the Brownlee brother, brothers having won the Olympic medals has really kind of put triathlon up in the forefront there and helped make those pathways possible for the youngsters, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so the, the adult section's definitely evolved and over the years we've had more and more people. Um, and you know, you talk about that camaraderie and it is so nice and so important mm-hmm. to be around like-minded people and everyone's so supportive. And although triathlon is obviously quite an individual sport, mm-hmm. um, you know, the stuff that I enjoy most is kind of the relays and even within the club doing the relay races and you know the ones where you're you know in a team and it's just oh, it's just so nice and supportive yeah the poly's fab it's really really good I love it yeah and, and I've, I've sort of admired the fact that tri-section has its own identity yeah it's very much part of the club you know it's not like the, the kits and the, 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 whole, the, the nature of the way that the, the poly compete. And what I really loved was when um, Alison did the Mount Town, um, uh, was that an was, wasn't it? Um, back in the summer before last. And it just, it all, it all came together. And it, it, I, I just down taking pic photos to support Alison. And thought, oh, it was a brilliant event. And, and for it to get to the point where it's capable of putting something like that on, I thought was, was tremendous, really. So, you know, fair play. So what, what about if, um, coming out of lockdown then? It's obviously, there's been no competitions and it's been difficult. Have you managed to be able to train? And have you been motivated to train throughout lockdown? Have you, because people have responded quite differently, I think. Some have lost the mojo a bit. It was a really double down. Yeah. I think uh, last year when we went into the first lockdown in March, um, I was training for the World Duathlon Champs, which was supposed to be in Holland in September. Um, and I think at, at the point in March, straight away, I knew that that race would not go ahead. I think lots of people were optimistic, didn't really realise the impact of uh, that the virus would have, but I knew the nature of the virus you know, it's social context. I knew that there's no way a big event could happen in September. Mm. So right from March, I knew it would be cancelled and I was uh, really demotivated actually because um, this was my this was my golden moment that I was convinced that I was going to get that gold medal because I just moved into a new age group. Um, so yeah, so I was really, really disappointed, really disappointed. And then, you know, after maybe like a couple of weeks, you kind of realise the bigger picture and you know put everything in perspective and it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. um and then sort of just i guess changed my focus um and just started kind of you know going out when i fancied going out on the bike when i fancied but um things changed for us in a sense that my husband richard was he was working full time um the kids were off school for a bit, but then once I kind of went back to work in the schools, we were on borders to go into school. Um, so it meant that life ended up being quite busy. So it was like trying to fit in training, actually. Um, so I tried to fit in training. You still wanted to. There was no sense that you were 
Um, so, yeah, I think definitely after initial period of a couple of months of kind of just sort of having a switch off um, and just kind of going out more when I felt like it rather than sort of following a programme, because that's one thing that I do. If I train for a race, if I have a goal, I will give myself a programme. So mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what I'm doing week by week. Um, and that helps me stay motivated, but also stops me overtraining and stops me getting injured. Um so I kind of stopped my program and kind of just did things more uh, if I felt like it. So definitely changing focus. And then, um, and then yeah, and then obviously the kids' activities, they, they're very active children. They swim, they run, they play football. So all of their activities were stopped. So we had to do a lot more things as a family. So after work, we would, you know, take the kids out on bike rides or, you know, little runs or go and play football with them. So it definitely meant that the shift focused as well mm. and and trying to fit everything in was, was quite hard actually because my husband Richard um still he's he's done a bit of triathlon as well but he still swims competitively and he still had a couple of more swim races last year so I was trying to exercise he was trying to you know exercise and train and then we had the kids to sort of exercise as well as well as working so uh you know I know a lot of people saying oh you know a bit more bored in lockdown you know sitting around the house a lot and like we were actually quite busy and have been quite busy which as I say, it's a good thing because I, I like being busy. So um, I think it would have been harder to sort of be around home a lot more. So it's just, I, I mean, I have to be very organized to fit everything in. Um, and sometimes it's like a military operation. And, and quite often it's like a relay in terms of I come in and then Richard goes out. <laughs> and I think anyone who is a kind of sports family knows exactly what it's like. Yeah, so, um, you know, definitely hand over that relay button. Yeah, we talk a lot here. Yeah. About, um, I'm tagging you in, um, you know, and it, and it is. Yeah. yeah. We, we also want to stay active. So, you know, I, I totally hear you. Yeah. But it's coming to an end. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to over, you know, keep it all. Yeah. Doesn't, but presuming that the vaccine kicks in and the effects thereof and, and we're able to see a light at the end of the tunnel, the competition starts to come back. Is presumably is your your focus will be about right. I'm going to get that goal. Uh, is that still the, the burning yeah, desire? So the, the- Yes, I think so. Um, and it, the, my race last year in September was cancelled, and it's just been postponed to this right. September. But obviously, depending on how everything goes, it would depend whether it actually goes ahead. So uh, it's kind of, you know, my, my focus is, will definitely be that. But it's almost like. You don't want to get too focused because you don't know whether it's going to happen or not. So yeah. the analogy I use is that you're kind of like in an aeroplane circling around, just trying to kind of maintain fitness. And then as soon as you kind of get more clarity, more go ahead, then you kind of go to that landing and you start yeah. kind of training a bit more specifically for yeah. the event. So, um, so yeah, just trying to sort of tick over really. And then um, we'll get a bit more specific in terms of training Um you know when we kind of get more idea whether things are going to happen but um I mean I definitely didn't do any sort of virtual races last year because for me you know at this kind of stage and age of my life sport is all about being with other people it's the social side it's traveling and races together it's having a laugh having those shared experiences so to kind of do something virtual for me was just I wasn't interested I thought if I can't meet up and and do it with other people then you know I I kind of yeah I I don't feel the need to kind of go and do that but I think if it was to carry on again this year I think well actually yeah 
I, you know, I, I do miss racing and, and I think, yeah, maybe I would get involved in some virtual events just to have a bit of a, a goal. But I mean, as you say, with the vaccine rollout, um, statistics are looking pretty impressive. So yeah. hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel now. And yeah, whether we get to kind of big format races, who knows? But I think, you know, there'll definitely be some kind of racing hopefully in some format this year for people who want to do and very well you know track races are probably going to go ahead and you know there's events like run nation are doing you know events where people can run in groups of six and things so yeah. um you know i think there will be stuff that goes this year but yeah definitely my goal is still that duathlon uh, world champs in september this year if it can go ahead that would be fab i like your analogy um circling circling the airport I think that I, yeah. a lot of people will identify yeah, with ice. I've had three big events cancelled yeah. that I've been training for. And I, I stupidly put my eggs in one basket and I started descending and shouldn't have done. And I found them very flat and thinned off. Because the organisers were really doing everything they could and they knew it was going to be in January and then they moved it to February and thought, well, maybe we'll be able to get away with it. And it just, I should have, you know, realised. So, and trained really hard, <laughs> biological kit as well. And um, because I had to, because it's a winter event, and it meant things in place. And uh, yeah, it, I was just really not low, just extremely disappointed. And so I think circling the airport is a far more sensible approach. Just stay fit, stay yeah. safe. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to sort of get not to get carried away because we want to be optimistic. Yeah, we want life yeah, to go back to normal, and you kind of hang on all those positive things and and do everything you can to get back to normal. But I say, obviously, to an ever changing situation um, and obviously unprecedented times. So that's how I've coped with it: is just kind of keeping a fitness, keeping a fitness ticking over, and then ready to kind of zoom down when yeah. when we kind of get that call. Really, so yeah. Well, I can only wish you luck for September. I think. Um... You know, it, it's, it, it sounds very plausible that that'll happen. I mean, you know, everybody gearing toward the summer, I think the autumn is much more likely to see a return to stuff. So it, I hope it goes ahead. Um, I really hope you nail it and get that goal. Looking forward to hearing whether you do or not. Um, Thank and, you. And like, I'm really grateful for the, for the interview. Thanks so much. It's been brilliant. Time has flown. I really enjoy these chats. So thanks for your time, Steph. I really appreciate it, and uh, and good luck, good luck for September. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank no you. Problem. Okay.